0: Fresh
1: is the word. Welcome to the Fresh is the Word podcast. I'm your host, K Fresh. Recording this on Leap Day, February 29th, 2016. This is episode number 20. Yes, we're 20 in. Holy shit. And, uh,. Fuck. I'm finally feeling better. The past, like, few week, a few weeks, I'm going to say, I've just been just sick and one exhausted. You know, my brain barely functioning. Actually, the whole year thus far, I've just been off and on sick, and I haven't been that way for years. I used to be like that when I was younger, but past few years, I haven't been that way. But this whole year thus far has just been killing me. I think it's, like, kind of like the up and down with the weather. There's just been things going around, but, uh past few days like Saturday I came home from work and I just literally slept like 16 hours until the next day to when I had to get up to go to work again and that day I felt like the best I felt all year and today I feel even better so I feel like whatever bug I worked out whatever sort of imbalance in my life between sleep and whatever I finally got over it got some rest feeling really good you know uh Just got done listening or not watching the two-hour crossover episode of the Vampire Diaries and the originals. Yes, I love that shit. Those are my favorite TV shows on right now. I love vampire shit, but I'm not really into the True Blood shit or the uh, what's the uh, the movies, the Twilight. And those are kind of corny to me. Vampire di- Diaries and originals have really good storylines. They have a beautiful cast of uh, actors on there. Like, everybody's just good-looking as fuck. Um, but they just had, oh, this season has been awesome. This has been the first season of Vampire di- Diaries without Elena. And actually, it's an amazing season. So like if anybody was like, well, it ain't going to be the same without Elena... Shoot, it's it's been kind of better, you know. They 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 were able to you know turn it into this whole other like turn that was pretty damn awesome. So if anybody wants to ever talk, you know, Vampire Diaries originals with me, just hit me up. You know, email me questions at freshestheword. No, fresh is the word, no questions at fresh is the podcast dot com. Or you know, hit me hit me on my personal uh, Twitter, which is Ren Soul R E N S O U L. Talk to me about uh, talk to me about you know the Vampire Diaries. I love that shit. Damon Salvatore, Stefan Salvatore, all those people love it. All right, and uh, so about it. I, I, had, I had to rewatch it because on Friday I was DJing at the Paramita Sound Record Store in Detroit for their monthly beat profile. I'm, like, the resident DJ for it. And this this month was different, had a different energy. Like, I'm kind of in this transition period in regards to DJing. I DJ hip-hop shit, electronic music, dance music. All, you know, just a wider range of stuff. But I'm trying to, I'm, like, kind of reinventing myself. I got bored with it. I'm trying to bring some fun back into some theatrics, you know. So I'm kind of... I found, I found a niche by the end of the, end of the night, and it was a stupid lit. It's been like the funnest I've DJed like fucking a long time, you know. I think I got a pretty big DJ gig coming up this, uh, this summer during Memorial Day weekend, which um, you know, I'll definitely let you know about when it comes around. It's some people that I, I previously DJed with, you know, so, and I'll be psyched, you know, I'll be psyched when that happens. Pretty big gig, pretty big gig. So, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, that's, that's basically what I've been up to. Um, We've got a really great show today uh, with uh, a Portland-based electronic music producer, singer, songwriter, Natasha Cometo. She was actually in town uh, on tour with uh, Ghostly International artist uh, Beacon. They were, you know, electronic music artists, two, you know, two guys. It's pretty... It was. It was. I missed Beacon at the show because I was just. It was a time like before. I'm really. I'd just been out of the. Out of the. under the weather. You know, out of the loop. Whatever. You know. Haven't been feeling well. So I could. I definitely. I stayed around for Natasha's set, but after that, I just had to go home and sleep. You know. So uh, before you know, before she came into town, we talked. You know, on the phone about some stuff, and it was it, honestly this is one of my favorite episodes because we kind of you know get into some stuff. Uh, get into some real stuff about it um her her new her new album uh inevitable you know it's kind of her dealing with herself you know sort of getting comfortable working out things in regards to her sexuality and stuff and kind of becoming more of a vocalist more of a songwriter and we talk about those things in the uh in in the interview and i feel like these these discussions are much are very timely now because there's a lot of things going on right now in regards to sexual harassment in the, the music industry, uh, homophobia in the music industry, uh, shit, fucking racial inequality and the fucking Oscars and stuff like that, you know. Um, with the sexual harassment, that, it's at all, all levels. You have the thing with Kesha. That you have um, recently the whole thing with uh, Heathcliff uh, Baruf um, and his... And everybody coming forward about the stuff he... You know, the sexual harassment claims with him. Um, I needed to just do a whole episode in regards to just the whole sexual harassment thing. Uh, a friend of mine, Katie, she was just published on XO Jane's website in regards to an incident that she uh, had as, you know, working at a label. And it's just all these things, you know. It's 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 female artists. It's female publicists. It's female, it's female everybody in the music industry. And you have... You have men in power that, you know, think that the women in the music industry are nothing but eye candy or they are to serve their every need and desire and whim and it's fucked up. It's like these are fucking women who, dude, they got into this music thing because at one point they were like, I love music so much that I want to have a job in it. I want to have a career in it. how can I fit into this? I can be a musician, I can be a publicist, I can be a manager, I can be an assistant. I can answer phones. I can be do whatever, man. And they don't sign up to get harassed on a daily basis. They don't get sur- uh, they don't get they don't sign up for this to be propose, you know, you know proposition for sex on a daily basis. They don't they don't sign up for that shit. They're fucking human beings. Come the fuck on, man. And being in the music scene that I have been for so long, I've seen things like I've seen the way that that guy is just in any scene, the hip hop scene or whatever. Kind of how they confront the women of the scene. And there's women in the scene that are trying to do some positive real shit for us, you know? And it's not a men and women scene. It's for the music, you know. And it's like, like, fuck you, man. Like, treat them like an equal, man. And it's just like, I, I thought we could get to the point where we can progress from this one. It's not the good old boys club anymore. But obviously, that hasn't gone. And you and you have people like Heathcliff that was, like, blaming a alcohol. Wait, look. All of us who have partied in a music scene have gotten too drunk sometimes and maybe said something foul to, a, to, you know, the opposite sex or whatever. But that's like one instance. Alcohol does not account for being, for 10 years of being an asshole. So, I fucking did. So, this shit needs to stop. We need to hold a lot, held a lot of these people accountable. And we need to, you know, make sure that the people coming up, the men and women, the men coming up, like, know that it's not right to even to to even proposition a female in any of that way, you know, treat them as your equal. Treat, we're all trying to build up a music scene. We're all trying to build up something. The better the music scene is, the better it is for everybody. And these people are on their power trip or have their own inner problems that they can't that they, they need help with, man. And it's very and, and being around the music scene, I, I even see people where I just have an inkling that they're that person that, yes, they post about their, you know, wife and their children on Facebook, but probably every, you know, time they're away from them, they're, you know, propositioning, proposi- propositioning anything with a, you know, vagina, you know. So I, I have I, I have a, a gut about these people. And, and it's almost like this, and it's like the same thing with, the a bit of a you know the, like the homophobia that sort of it reigns supreme like really in the hip hop scene. I remember a friend of mine on um, his, you know his brother is gay and he once he once said to me I'm scared to bring my brother in the hip hop scene because I hear so much shit that I don't know how people will react to him you know and that's really fucked up you know and there's so much homophobia about the way some of these guys dress, you know, the young thugs of the world. I don't like young thugs. I don't like his music. I think it's cheesy, it's corny, whatever. And anything the way he he dresses kind of in bad taste. But everybody's problem with Young Thug is out of homophobia. I mean, there's so much hate out of homophobia because they they feel like he's dressing gay, you know, whatever that fucking means. You know, and it's fucked up. And, we're, and me and Tasha going to actually get into, you know, what certain things mean, what the term queer means. Because the term, term queer, while at times is used as sort of a, you know, a slur, actually has this broad sense of meaning that you're open to all genders and you're open to, you know, relationships that are, relationship structures that are outside the norm, you know. I get that dude i actually i really sort of understand it Cause I don't the thing is with me and i I've definitely like <laughs> I'm terrible in relationships I don't know how to deal it's all overwhelming for me and i've you know I've dealt with it and I've tried to figure shit out on my own and it's just like I don't understand like sexual orientation i don't understand the relationship i don't i don't understand why everything has to be one thing or the other black or white right or wrong good or evil whatever that's how people think about it man it has to be one thing or the other you know why can't it just be a thing the gray area and you find your own thing i definitely like i know i prefer fucking i prefer women i know that you know and i know mo there's Why can't you just prefer women, but just be open to anything? You know, why can't? Why do you have to be one thing or another? You know, and that's what, and that's and that's what screws up everything and becomes such a complicated thing. You know, and everybody buys into this, and then bringing the religious aspect, which is bullshit. You know, so it's it's definitely a. thing that needs to be a discussion that continues to be made and I feel like to a certain extent the extremists on on all sides even on the gay side want to be like well if you're bisexual or any of this you're just playing yourself you're really just gay but you're not you're not committing to it no 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 I don't believe that either you know there's extremists thinking on all sides you know like Why can't it just be out there, you know? Why can't it just be a thing, you know? Um, I know with with relationships these days, there's all these other ways of thinking. And I don't necessarily think monogamy is natural, but sometimes I feel like it's just the easiest route to go, you know? (laughs) Because I don't want to deal with anything else. But you have all these other things like open relationships or polyamorous and um, all these other things that I'm just like I have uh, what do the, what do the, what do these mean how do I fit into these ideas you know and maybe I can maybe I can maybe I would be able to fit into some of these alternative ideas but they're so sort of complicated and I feel like it's hard for people to discuss them that you almost get the ignorant side of it and you get kind of prejudice, or you kind of think what it might be, or you kind of put things together, you, you get something of it wrong, and it just never really, what it never really locks in your mind, and then you just kind of give up on it, so, and, and the thing is, I know with a lot of the relationships I've gone through, you know, when I, I try to honestly and openly say that i don't like this part i don't like doing this part of the relationship or this and instantly the women kind of take that as i'm i'm saying that i'm saying this thing but i really mean this thing i'm trying to be honest but they don't think i'm being honest and they think i'm like i'm not like super like i don't do like your normal ways of you know paying attention to you know people especially like in relationships when i'm dating but it doesn't mean i'm not attracted to that that that, to that woman or whatever it just means that i just don't deal with that sort of bullshit and then sometimes you know girls think that that might be they might they're insecure about it and they might think that i don't i'm not really into them or not attracted to them it isn't about that it's just that i don't I kind of look at things in a lot different way, you know. I don't really, even, I understand myself more than I've ever understood myself from a a relationship standpoint, a personal standpoint, as a, my sexual standpoint or whatever. I understand myself more than ever right now. But I'm all, my big fear is that other people won't understand that because most people are, are, think that like sexuality and relationships and all that are like one thing or the other you know there's there's these three or four labels one or two labels and one of them is good and the other one is bad or whatever you know so it's it's a struggle you know so i think i think these certain discussions i need to have additional episodes of this podcast with people to really just directly discuss you know um, you know, sexuality, homophobia, sexual harassment—all that. You know, I definitely want to have more episodes on on this. If you have if if you have any of your own stories or ideas or thoughts about this, do not hesitate to hit me up. You know, you can email me at questions at freshesthepodcast.com. dot uh, com. Hit me up on on Facebook at uh, facebook dot com slash uh, you can you know hit me on Twitter at uh, fresh is the podcast or fresh is the word the number one fresh is the word one the number one, and uh, just give give me your thoughts you know, um, give me your stories whatever you know that has to do with any of those things you know, sexuality, and um, homophobia fucking sexual harassment in music whatever you know just you know let me know maybe we can build something here you know and try to make things better, you know? That's what I want. This podcast, when I started it, I was like, I'm going to do a podcast that's about music and wrestling. What I think it's already evolved to is that it's a podcast that involves music and wrestling, but it the true essence of it is the is the sort of lessons that you can learn from... Watching from from all from the from these worlds, you know, those are worlds. Those are universes that are created. There's 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 lessons to be learned. There's stupid lessons to be learned. There's sometimes it's just entertainment. A lot of it's just entertainment. But there's lessons to be learned, you know. And fresh is the word. Is something that I want to be. I want this to be another universe. This is my universe. Where I'm coming from. I'm. I want to talk about the things that sort of I've been sort of dealing with, you know. And I want to talk with other artists that I find interesting, you know. Whether it's, a, you know, a West Coast gangster rapper from the um, early, ni- early 90s. And that was, that was my favorite, one of my f- the first, like, parts of hip-hop that I ever liked, you know. Stuff like that, or whether it's a new electronic music producer or a new indie rock band. Something that really struck a chord with me. This this is my universe. I listen to so much stuff. I investigate so much music, you know, and that I want to see what makes these people tick, you know, why it struck a chord with me. This is my universe, but I want other people to weigh in. I want other people to be a part of it. So this is why this is where this podcast is starting to evolve. And I think and I definitely will thank everybody who listens to it. I've definitely got, I definitely get good feedback all the time. I, I want the show to grow. I want more listeners. So please, if please, the best thing you can do is just share it. Let other people know. Post it on your uh, on your social medias. P- please, just you know, do me a solid. If you like any episode, please retweet it. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Google Plus. Share it, whatever you know. Call somebody up and say, go listen to this. Whatever. I don't care. Just please share it with me so we can grow this sort of universe that I've been too scared for a long time to really create you know so again thank you so let's finally get to the interview that's enough yammering by by my part uh so let's talk with Natasha Kometo So yeah, recently I just came across your music. Um I got a press release for uh for Beacon, because uh, 'cause they're coming to Detroit with you and mm-hmm. I saw your name attached to it on the, the tour and I'm like, let me check out this, you know, person. And so I, I found uh, you know, the band camp for uh, dropping gems and I listened to Inevi- Inevitable and I was like, Holy crap, this is this is real this is incredible, you know?
0: Awesome. I'm glad you like
1: it. So yeah, I ended up like like, they have, like, a whole deal where you can buy, like, the whole, like, Drop and Gems catalog for, like, half off. So I just bought everything. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> nice. No, it's a, it's a good catalog because it was put out a lot of really awesome music.
1: Yeah, definitely. What really captured me um, about this, uh, this new album was just right off the bat, it just goes right into your vocals. And very, you have very strong vocals and very soulful, and I was just like, wow, this is this is really great. Like, where does, you know, where does your v- sort of uh, vocal styling um, kind of come from?
0: Um, I was raised on, like, a lot of jazz and a lot of soul and R&B, um, a lot of blues. And so I think um, I gravitated toward that kind of music, not only like, because it's kind of, like, in my background, but it's also, um, I've always had an alto and so I think that style of music um, has sort of always – my voice felt more comfortable singing that sort of style of music, I guess. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I just I, – my parents told me I'd always been a really um, vocal child. I sang a lot. So <laughs> I think I kind of just um, all stemmed from that. And, I, yeah, I've been singing for, I feel like, my entire life. So –
1: Right. What sort of a kid were you growing up?
0: Um, I was kind of a nerd. <laughs> I, um, I was, as a, as, a, as a young one, I think I was, I mean, I was, I was a nerd, but I was also a jock, too. So I kind of, like, fell into different scenes um, of people. I never really, like, was one specific type of person. Like, I played sports, but I was also really academic, and then I also was really into music. So yeah. Um, it's kind of like... Not really one specific stereotype, I suppose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what sports did you play?
0: Um I I swam was my main sport and then um I played basketball too.
1: Nice.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um it go yeah, with this on the album, just the way that it starts, it just goes boom, right into your vocals, very strong. Like like, the decision just to start off the album like that, does that, like, kind of breed some sort of, like, you know, a little bit of vulnerability that you're kind of putting it all out there right off the jump?
0: Totally. I think, I mean, for me, starting the record with that track was really important because um, after I'd written Crisis, uh, that was the next song that I wrote um, after that the release of, of Crisis. So I, that inevitable kind of, like, set the tone for the rest of the record i guess and uh yeah i wanted to make a really vocal forward album i wanted to focus really hard on songwriting and um yeah just sort of making the um the storytelling aspect and the emotive aspect sort of the 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 highlight of the record so i think starting it with that track was um the best way to do that
1: Yeah, I noticed that, you know, in comparison to your previous projects, uh, Inevitable is much more vocal heavy than the previous Mm -hmm. uh, albums.
0: Yeah, I I was definitely moving in that direction. And I think, um, I don't know, I was kind of starting, I think my live, uh, like touring and my live act definitely shaped that direction because I was starting to, Accompanying more live acts as opposed to DJs. Yeah. And so I think I was starting to think of my career as um more of a crossover as opposed to sort of just sort of dwelling in the electronic realm.
1: You uh you all you write and produce all your music, correct? Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible, man, just to do it all. Like uh when did you first like kind of uh get into, you know, fully sort of producing your own music?
0: Um, this project has always been that for me. Um, and so I, it kind of began, I went to music school, God, I guess it was like 10 years ago now. Um, and I originally had gone to school to learn cause I'd always been a singer, but I didn't really, I kind of played piano, but I didn't really know how to like, I didn't know a lot of theory. So I went to school to study keyboards and piano, basically like I wanted to learn, basic songwriting, basic chord theory, scale theory, rhythm theory, all that stuff. And so sort of within that program, um, part of the program was learning um, digital production software, and they trained us how to use logic. And so kind of by accident, I started getting really, really into those classes. We had classes about uh, synthesis and learning about analog synthesizers, and I kind of just like immediately gravitated toward um, being able to create music in that way. And so um, to me, I guess for me, producing has always been just an extension of songwriting. And so um, it's like, you know, I guess just as opposed to like people that just sit at a piano and write a song or people that sit with their guitar and write a song, I just kind of always thought of the software as being my really, elaborate instrument
1: I guess. <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely when i kind of with with your songs with your, your projects there's a you know a bit of a you know d- deep full meaning in all of your uh all your songs you perform them with a lot of deepness but then also it's comp- accompanied with you know a very very complex very heavy very you know multi-layered production too kind of you know talk about you know where you know how you've been able to progress you know the actual sound of your uh, of your music
0: um i mean i think i when i first started making beats and stuff i think my my um i had a really hard time editing so it was like i think i've always kind of heard a lot of things and a lot of sound and a lot of um intricacy in music. And so I, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think with, with crisis, it was like the first time I really pared it down like a lot, yeah. and like, uh, was really specific about picking like a, um, a palette of sounds to limit myself to use. And I did kind of the same thing with inevitable. And so I think when I limit myself in sort of that palette, it allows me to sort of try to, um, experiment with the limits of all of those things within stuff so i I think that kind of lends itself to becoming more complex i guess it's interesting i just had an interview with another interviewer who was saying that my music is like not weird enough (laughs) it was kind of interesting that like (laughs) the difference in opinion depending on what music people listen to
1: right i mean she
0: she was saying something like that you know it's not avant-garde like coco rosie and Or something like that, and I'm like, I feel like to some people my music's very weird and extreme, and then to some people
1: it's not. I think it's it's like this. There's I feel like there's there's so much maybe there's like so much like avant-garde stuff out there, and then there's so much like sort of over over, oversimplified music out there Mm -hmm. that your music kind of goes in the middle there, and is just kind of like a healthy. Sort of mix of that all, which with and kind of like keeping in its own sort of healthy realm, you know.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Definitely. Uh, okay, so uh, you're from Portland. Have you always been based in Portland?
0: No, I um, I grew up in Sacramento, which is uh, Northern California, yeah. and then I lived in uh, LA for school for a couple of years, and then I've been here for almost a decade, though, so um, I'm a Portlander. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How's sort of like, you know, like the artistic sort of music scene uh, in Portland?
0: Um, it's good. When I first moved here, it was different. Um, I mean, we're obviously a city that's known mainly for indie rock. And, you know, bearded dudes with weird stringed instruments. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think since I've been here, I've definitely seen a lot more growth in the electronic music community. And just as far as, like, indie music becoming more electronic in general. Um, and there's a lot of really great musicians here, I think. Um, this, our city is one of those cities in, in the country, that I'm sure you can relate to this in Detroit as well, um, that's just going through a lot of change. Yeah. Um, and... Like, we're kind of in the midst of this, like, mass gentrification. Yep. And so yeah. the scene is changing really dramatically, really fast. And so it's it's funny when people ask me sort of what the scene is like here. I, I have a little bit of a barometer of what it's like, but I don't. Sometimes I feel like I don't even know what's going on anymore. And I used to be, like, really plugged into what was going on. So I feel like because I've been touring more and I've been taking my acts more national and internationally that i don't play here as often so i'm not quite as in tune to what's going on but from my observation i mean i think the indie rock scene is still very strong here i think we have we'll always have like a metal and hardcore scene here we have a hip-hop scene that's trying to happen (laughs) and um, an electronic music scene that thrives on the underground mainly
1: yeah. No, I totally understand that. It's like yeah, definitely here in Detroit going through this whole, whole like sort of revitalization. And mm-hmm. it's like the stuff that I kind of, you know, grew, grew up like coming through in the scene when I first started, like all that sort of vibe is kind of not even really existing anymore. And there's this whole yeah. other one that's like it's hard to recognize, hard to sort of grasp. It's a little bit more just, it's diverse in some ways than some, it's still like a little bit sort of segregated and you're like, what is this? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's. we're kind of in that, uh, I think we're still trying to find out what this new Portland is. <laughs>
1: so yeah, the new Portland. I, I'm, I'm
0: interested to see how it, how it develops or if it's just going to turn into another San Francisco or I don't know what's going to happen but we I guess I guess we'll
1: see <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely uh with uh with the new album uh and like I've kind of alluded to uh earlier it's sort of like in, you know in comparison to the previous projects it's almost like you're kind of coming out from you know behind the machine and being up front a little bit more uh mm-hmm. kind of you know talk about sort of like the moods and the themes of uh, the new album?
0: Um, I mean, I guess it, I, I feel like I was very much um, pushing myself in a direction that I wasn't formerly very comfortable with by having the vocals that up front. Yeah. Um, but in, in sort of challenging myself to write material that that would sound appropriate with, I think that I pushed myself to... Um, start getting more into the realm of more storytelling with my lyrics. I think previously I'd done a lot more work with sort of um exploring the traditional theme of electronic music where you sort of pick a phrase and you repeat it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, whereas like I think with this I'm starting was starting to push into more like write verses and write choruses and write hooks. And I think within that in order to get myself to a place that I felt um, comfortable with it being presented that way. The, the writing and the themes centered around just, I guess, being more open and more honest and just con- continuing sort of that arc that I started with Crisis and sort of staying um, brutally honest about my life, I guess. Right.
1: Do you, feel, do you feel that, you know, you've been able to get anything, you know, off your chest, with this album, do you feel a little bit better about yourself after writing this album?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I was processing through a lot of, because with Crisis, I was kind of beginning to, um, I was kind of going through the coming out process and like was starting to just sort of get comfortable with my queer identity. And so I think Inevitable kind of like starts to complete that arc of me getting more comfortable with a lot of that stuff. And I think um, speaking to it more directly on this record definitely um, helped me feel more comfortable. Um, it's funny because I wrote it so long ago that it <laughs> feels like a long time ago. <laughs> but, right. but I guess um, even when I continue to play the material and uh, live with it, I, I still feel like, um, yeah, it was definitely a very important catharsis and I'm happy today. I got all of it out.
1: How does that sort of kind of get the ball rolling about what you're going to do next or how you, you kind of are processing things in your own life, trying to figure certain things out?
0: Um, I guess the, the, the difference in writing now for me is um, it like with the, the past two records, I think I was going through a lot of really direct personal drama. And I think since then, my life has definitely evened out a lot. I feel, you know, I'm in a committed relationship. I, uh, you know, things with my career are slightly less tumultuous. Um, You know, things with my identity, I'm starting to feel a lot more comfortable. And so what I'm finding now is with writing, I'm trying to address um, issues that are maybe more uh, outside of myself Because it's not to say that there isn't a lot to say about and that there isn't, you know, things to feel emotional about. I guess they're just not as, like, um, directly happening to just me. Right. And so I I find myself sort of trying to put myself in a place where I'm telling stories that that I can relate to and that I feel, but they're not necessarily something I'm directly experiencing right now.
1: Yeah, that's what I I kind of uh, was starting to get out of you with uh, Inevitable, was that, yeah, you were sort of tackling your uh, queer identity with it, but you were doing it in this way where you were telling your stories, but it still had this universal appeal to it, where it can be, like, the listener can kind of put it in their own context and say, like, "I'm, I'm dealing with this, um... But she's dealing with that. But we, these have like commonalities that that totally. yeah. So I real that's what I really picked up on this album.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I don't I don't want my sexual identity to in any way be exclusive to anybody. I want it to be inclusive. I want like the themes of my music are, are human in essence. And just the fact that I am a lesbian doesn't mean that other people can't relate to it. If they're not a lesbian, it's kind of the same way that, you know, I can relate to plenty of music that straight dudes, write. You know, it's, it's, it's not really like about being like making music only for one specific style of people, which I think is, um, something that people commonly mistake. I'm, I'm, Looking to, I mean, emotions are a universal experience, and so I think um, really that's all I'm trying to come down to with this, is I'm just trying to express emotions, just like any artist is, I think.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, with with kind of, like, researching uh, things about you, and then just, you know, kind of catching up on some other things recently, even the past couple days, like, and this is, like, total full disclosure, like... I kind of realized with the whole term queer that it was, it was something more than just being gay or some sort of slur. That there's kind totally. of. There's something more to it. There's an umbrella to it. There's a thing about just not, um, you know, it's being attracted to many genders or not, you know, fitting the cultural norms about sexuality. And that really totally. sort of was interesting to me because like over, you know, over a lot of, you know, my own years, it's like, that's been something that's really, I've kind of struggled with because I, I would see all these things and I'd be like, that don't make sense to me. You know, that don't, I don't feel that way. I don't feel like everything, I don't feel like there should be these, you know, dualisms in regards to gay or straight, right or wrong, black or white, you mm-hmm. know? And, mm-hmm. and I feel like the past few days, like something kind of like popped in my head. I was just like, you know what, it's just like, I kind of identify, you know, with this sort of queer identity also. It's just like, I prefer, you know, women, but mm-hmm. like, as I saw a quote recently, uh, do you know, do you know that one uh, actress, Rowan Blanchard, she's on Girl Meets World? Yeah. Yeah, she, um she was kind of going back and forth on Twitter with someone about, you know, being, um about uh sort of identifying as being queer also, and- mm-hmm. She she simply said, you know, that it's about, you know, being open to liking any gender in the future is why she identifies as being queer. And that was something that I really kind of resonate with. I'm like, yes, I do prefer women, but why should I limit myself to others?
0: Totally. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are, I mean, <clears throat> and we could probably get into hours long conversations <laughs> right stuff, but I... Yeah, I, I think um, for anybody to have to pigeonhole themselves, is uh, it's, it's going to limit your life, you know. And I think it's, it's about choice, it's about options, it's about basically existing in a society that's not going to judge you regardless and just let you be free and live your life. And I think that's ultimately what I want. I think people should just be able to be free to do what they want you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause like, as I was kind of like always dealing with this for years and years, I mean, I think the past couple years, I've kind of understood myself a little bit more. I was always kind of reading up on different sort of theories and whatnot, but when it comes down mm-hmm. to it, all of them are really sort of solid ideas, but I still think in a more fluid way, you know, where it's just a lot of gray area. And I just feel like you, okay, you, how can you, I just feel like even in a scientific way, like, how is it 100% that you can't be attracted to the same sex? Like, that I mean, doesn't I make sense. I
0: don't think that there is a way. It's, I mean, I think everyone's a little wavy. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I mean, <laughs> but,
1: in my mind, I'm like, how can that, how can it just be uh, such a dualism where it's like you're one thing or the other or it's right or wrong, good or evil, blah, 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 you know? I don't feel like that should, that, that, how can that even just in you know, a sort of, like in a, in a sort of, you know, regular mind of, you know, intelligent mind, like why, how can you feel like that should exist? You know, I feel like all of it's sort of a gray area and there's different forms of love, you know, and there's different forms of Mm -hmm. everything. So I feel like that should be embraced more, but like so many people just like, I don't, it just, it the social norms are so like kind of crazy. that
0: yeah they're pretty rigid, but I feel like they're they're slowly starting to change and I, I think for all the horrible things about it, that one of the best things about living in this age of technology and living in the age of the internet is that like there's more dialogue happening about this and like more people becoming aware of things and more people sharing thoughts. and I think that our minds and our consciousness is is like evolving faster because of that. so it's happy to be one of those people that's helping share some ideas and right you know hopefully we can get to a place where people just let people do what they want to do <laughs> how
1: once once you felt a little bit more comfortable in yourself and in sort of finding this freedom like how you know how much more happier in your own life and how cre- more, much more creative did you become
0: oh endlessly like it's not, it's like night and day i feel like The stuff that I was hashing out before I made Crisis was um, only necessary, really. And the only thing I really look back on it for is it was necessary in getting me ready to be um, the artist that I was supposed to be when I was being honest with myself. And I think that it's like night and day, um, the level of expression that I've been able to achieve since being honest with myself and... um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't be great, more grateful for, you know, the people that helped me get to where I am today. Because it's, I, I feel, I feel like myself, <laughs> which is a good feeling.
1: With the, uh, you know, kind of bringing this dialogue out, you know, and you know, and having it, you know, much more public in your music and whatnot. What sort of feedback do you get from others in regards to this?
0: Um mostly I mean I I'm not a big like uh, like I don't like reading a ton of like internet comments or anything Right. Like like, <laughs> None of us do. Really <laughs> that. Um but as far as like my interpersonal uh, dynamics with people I've mainly just had um really positive conversations similar to the one that we're having right now about um I don't know people feeling more comfortable talking about this kind of stuff and healing. I think this kind of stuff, and then also, um, I, I do dialogue with a lot of women that are interested in producing and making music that they um, don't really see that very often, and so they're, you know, inquisitive about how to get started on that and how to delve into that world, which is fucking awesome, and I'm really excited about being any any cause of. Any female-identified person starting to make music, I'm, like, really into that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I get mostly positive feedback, and that's mainly what I'm ex- looking to accept anyway. I'm not really looking for people that are trying to be negative about it. But, right. um, yeah, mostly I've had, like, really, really good positive interactions with people.
1: Yeah, you just mentioned about sort of, you know, working with other women who are, you know, trying to get into music. What's some of the stuff that you sort of uh, do with them? What sort of advice do you give them?
0: Um, mainly just not to be intimidated or scared. Um, because I think a lot of women are just like, um, you know, they get, like, discouraged easily because, you know, it's, it's, it can be a discouraging Thing to tackle, and I think most of the people that know things are dudes. And more often than not, what I hear is that if they talk to a dude about learning stuff, the guy either wants to make it a sexual thing, or if they don't want to make it a sexual thing, then it turns into them like being dominant or trying to act superior as opposed to like just trying to, you know, teach them something. Which I'm fortunate that I had a lot of men that were neither of those things and actually just taught me stuff. Um, and so mainly what I tell them is to just stick with it and uh, go out and ask questions and I think more and more I'm I'm a part of a couple Pacific Northwest collectives of women that are trying to um, do workshops and interact and interface with each other about learning to produce and learning to DJ so usually I'll point them in the direction of something like that and um, you know again the internet—it's a great place to learn stuff. I mean, I've I've youtubed a lot of tutorials, a lot of things <laughs> to learn how to do stuff, and you just gotta not be scared to sit down and just do it.
1: Yeah, definitely. What? Um, you have any more information in regards to uh, like those workshops you're talking about?
0: Yeah, so I'm uh, um, I've helped out with a um, a collective here in Portland called Women's Beat League. Um, it's these uh, these two really really rad women run it, and uh, Felicia and Daniela, and they um, have been holding workshops since I think summer of last year. I taught a workshop on music theory, which was awesome. But, but they've been holding like uh, open nights, like they'll they'll set up a couple uh, setups of like CDJs or setups of Ableton Live, and hold basically workshops for. Uh, women and female identified persons to come and basically just sit down and like talk to a person that knows how to work the stuff and like play around on it and uh, I think it's been going really really well and then um, there's another organization out of Seattle called Tough, which they're more into trying to do like kind of more like what Disc Woman is doing where it's like a collective of women uh, who are like throwing shows and doing some some workshop stuff but mainly in more of the promoting DJing aspect so it's pretty cool that stuff like that's starting to crop up
1: oh definitely that's that's pretty awesome I
0: yeah
1: yeah with um, with sort of you know this topic of you know just females in music I uh, like over the past 24 hours there's just a you know a big groundswell, um, regards mm-hmm. to the, uh, sort of, um, sexual abuse that, you know, certain publicists, uh, did mm-hmm. on many, you know, many female artists and whatnot. Um, you know, um, it's, you know, it's kind of crazy. And we, I think a lot of us, even if we don't see it, we kind of get a feeling that like shit like that happens all the time in some, oh, you yeah. know, some point or another, you know,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: like how do you, how do you kind of swim through those waters if you f- even have a gut feeling that someone might be sort of sleazy
0: I mean it's hard. I feel like I've had <laughs> I mean especially as a woman like you you're you're faced with certain decisions constantly whether it's like what you're wearing or who you talk to in what way where you feel like if you just compromise your integrity for one moment, then you might be able to get ahead. And that's kind of how it's presented a lot of the time. And I personally am going to die with my integrity, so I've, I feel like I've passed up or maybe blown some opportunities in my life to um, to, to get ahead by, by cashing in on that sort of dynamic that a lot of uh, men who are higher up, have in the industry um you know i I read that thing yesterday and i i have to say I, i feel like maybe earlier in my career i had seen like things like that happen or like witnessed a dynamic that was pretty um indicative of that type of thing happening and not said anything or continued to work with people and i just i really 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 like regret that and i really don't want to be a part of anything that supports that in any way and it's tough in this industry to even know who's doing it who isn't but i'm all completely in support for people that are calling it out and i think it's really important to call it out and i think the only way it's going to change is if there's more open dialogue about it and people are held accountable for it
1: yeah definitely i, re- I remember even when i was uh just, like, younger in the hip-hop scene here in Detroit, um, there'd be certain people that I would just... I I wouldn't have specific proof, but I would just have a gut feeling that they were doing shit like that. So Mm -hmm. I just always kind of kept my distance away from them. Yeah, I mean, I guess
0: I've kind of done the same thing, but I just... And, like, maybe segued out of working with them in some respects, maybe to the detriment of my career, but... I guess I feel like maybe I need to be more proactive and vocal about it and there's a sort of like fear that if you do it you're going to be ostracized but I think I'm I'm over that. <laughs> right. Have
1: have you ever from like whether it's a creative standpoint or from a like a promoting marketing standpoint has anybody ever like like had ideas for shit for you to do that was just because you are a woman? And they don't really know and they're kind of ignoring who you are as just a person and a musician.
0: I mean, absolutely. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yep. It's a it's a it's a daily thing. <laughs> but I'm really lucky I have a good team of people that I work with. You know, my manager and my agents that understand who I am and You know, I think um, I've kind of had this understanding now that it's going to be, because of that, it's going to be a longer road for me, but I think in the end, I know in the end it will be more fulfilling and it'll actually mean something. So, you know, I think that there there are a lot of ways for women to get ahead in the industry if they want to be, um, but a lot of those aren't necessarily things that I want or advocate for it shouldn't
1: be that way no and i don't think you need to because from you know from my vantage point i feel like you have a special sound and i feel like you need to just continue doing what you do
0: thank you i appreciate that i feel the same way
1: (laughs) (laughs) definitely what okay what's you know what's next for you what do you see like you know what what do you want to work on next what do you feel like you want to try to accomplish and uh coming up in the future?
0: Um, I mean, I have this tour coming up. That's, like, first and foremost, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm a big Ghostly International fan, and I think I've heard Beacon's new record, and it's really amazing. Oh, it is, yeah. Um, get to see a lot of places in the U.S. I haven't been yet, which I'm excited about. Um,
1: What's your live show like?
0: And, um, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's me, in a sense in a laptop. Uh, I do a lot of, like live looping and live remixing, live arranging. It's um it's intense, it's dynamic, it's definitely danceable. Um it's uh yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> I guess we'll have to get you out to a show.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be there I'll be I'll be at the Detroit show.
0: Okay, awesome. <laughs> um yeah, so I I think first and foremost the tour and then I'm I'm working on new material and um that's kind of, I'm hoping to, you know, play some more shows throughout the year and hopefully get the ball rolling on getting a new record out.
1: When you're not, when you're not uh, touring or making music, doing shows, how do you sort of decompress, you know, through, you know, everything that you have to go through um,
0: through the day? Um, I really like to cook. That's like a really relaxing thing piece to do. Yeah, um, I really like working out. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess just hanging out with my partner, hanging out with my friends. Um, it's yeah, I have a really strong community of people around me here. My, uh, my family is super supportive as well, um, and so I think yeah, those things mainly keep me pretty grounded.
1: Awesome! Awesome. Well, yeah, it's been great talking with you. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, um, I've had a, this is this is such a great interview, and I was able to able like talk about some real shit with you know somebody. <laughs>
0: awesome! <laughs> I'm, I'm glad glad to hear it. Definitely, I'm, actually, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing one of your Detroit natives and seeing Shigeto tonight.
1: Oh, that's the homie, man. I've known him for I've known him for a while, man. Just tell him that K Fresh says what's up.
0: I will. Yeah, I I I did some really really uh, early on shows with Zach. So we go back a little ways too, but I'm excited to see his new stuff live. Yeah, he's
1: incredible live. Yeah, I know all the you know Ghostly Cats too. I've known them for Sweet. for a long time. But uh, yeah, I've known I've known Chicago for for a real long time, man. We're homies. Yeah, he's and stuff. awesome. <laughs> yeah, just so say yeah, just say what up to him, man.
0: <laughs> I will. I will.
1: So that was my interview with Natasha Cometo. I was super excited after I did the interview with her and I'm super excited to get this full interview out on the podcast. I was a little I'm a little scared though because I'm I want I'm grasping a subject that I never really talked about on here so we'll see how people respond to it you know so I was happy to do it we gotta progress as people If you'd like to support the Fresh as the Word podcast you can go to our website which is freshasthepodcast.com and there's a link at the top that says support the podcast. Now, on that page, there is a PayPal link that you can donate to. Or there is a Amazon link on there that you can use anytime that you want to purchase anything on Amazon. Use that link. And after you make your purchases, Amazon will shoot some commission back to me. I'll just go to help the show. Also, I definitely appreciate all the listens. And if you definitely want to share the links to the website, freshesthepodcast.com, or any of the links on SoundCloud, that's definitely appreciated and will definitely help support the podcast. You can also reach Fresh is the Word on the social medias at Instagram and Twitter at Fresh is the Word One. That's Fresh is the Word Number One. And on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash freshesthepodcast and give us a like on that page. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so go ahead and search is the Word on there. Go ahead and subscribe to us. And it also would be very helpful if you go onto iTunes and give us a five-star rating and throw some comments on there. Thanks for listening. See you soon.
0: f fresh is the world.